you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy hellman hi everybody i bet you're wondering where i've been i'm wondering where i've been i have been on so many drugs it's a little out of control because i have a herniated disc in my back and It's been bothering me ever since I went on vacation. I went to Rhode Island with my family, as you'll probably remember, and we were there for 10 days. And just to reiterate the importance of interior design, they had a couch that was much loved by other Airbnbers, I'm afraid, because it was so soft that it was practically broken. I mean, you sat down and you just sunk inside. And I sat on that couch for 10 days, and on the 10th day, I got up and I said, my back hurts. And then every subsequent day after that, it got a little bit more and a little bit more painful until about, I don't know, a month ago when all of a sudden I just couldn't walk any longer. And so yes, I have a herniated disc and they say it's supposed to go away within 90 days and I am cautiously optimistic because I am still in a lot of pain and unfortunately for you, on a lot of meds. Um, I have had clarity. I have been working, but in very limited capacity. And so the podcast has been off the list while I've been trying to heal. Uh, And it's been challenging. So thank you guys so much for being patient. Thank you to our new sponsor, BlindChalet.com. You'll hear more about them in the middle of the episode. And um, bear with me. Bear with me. I'm doing the best that I can, but I'm actually really excited to be back. I've missed podcasting. I've missed talking to you guys. And I have lots of accumulated questions in the mailbag. So without further ado, let's dive in. As always, we start with our premium member questions, and I do appreciate the premium members so much. While I was away in October, I still did that premium episode, and so if you're looking for something to listen to over this holiday season as you prepare, um, become a premium member. For as little as $5.99 a month or $29.99 a year, that's only $30 a year to get access to our monthly premium episodes, our past archive of episodes, and you really support us, keeping us on the air each and every week. So thank you, thank you, thank you to our premium members and their questions have magically floated to the top of the mailbag as one of the perks. 
So my first question comes from Megan. Megan writes, Hi Betsy, I love your podcast and have even become a premium member so I can get even more content. I thought I would finally write in. I want to get your opinion on some things regarding our living room. I've attached pictures to help. Our living room is the first room when you walk into the house and it's the biggest room we have. When we bought the house, I was unsure of how the layout should be and I continue to struggle. The bookshelves were the first thing we put in. And then from there, it's been mostly empty of furniture because we've used this space for play for our two young boys. I am also currently a part-time, oh, I'm also currently using part of it, excuse me, for my home office. I feel like we should probably have a big area rug to define the spaces. But I was wondering what else we could do and what your suggestions would be. The black storage ottoman that you see used to be in the family room. It's just sort of hanging out in our living room for no particular reason. Help! Would love to know what you would do with this room. Megan. All right, Megan. Well, this is a nice big room. And I'm so glad that you became a premium member to help support us. Um, Looking at this space, you know, the layout is the most complicated thing that people can ask me because I have a process that I use called the Master Layout System. And I systematically try every possible option in the hopes that, you know, we'll come up with a couple of options that would work. And then from those two options, one would be that no-brainer that's amazing for your food. Oh, gosh. Sorry about that. Sorry about that phone call, guys. You know, when you're waiting for doctors to call you and they finally call, you can't take the chance. You gotta pick up. So that's what happened there. And uh, please forgive me. I am seeking every specialist. I think I've done every gosh darn thing for my back. Acupuncture, CBD oil, epidurals, you name it. I've probably tried it. Inversion table, traction table, um, and I'm seeing another specialist on Monday. Uh, so we'll see. Keep your fingers crossed for me. Send good vibes. All right, let's get back to your question. So it's very hard for me to give layout advice or entire layouts on the spot. The one thing that concerns me is, you know, when we're creating a layout, we want to ask ourselves first and foremost, what are the functions that need to happen in this space, right? And you mentioned we do have some needs for play, but is there a need for a TV? Is there a need for seating? Is there a need for storage in terms of toys or games? Right now, your living room is just a open space with two huge Calyx bookcases. So the Calyx is from Ikea. And you guys will remember it's got those square cubbies. You've got a five by five Calyx, which is six feet by six feet. It's very imposing, especially when you put two side by side. And I find that they're very good for things like picture frames, small books, small toys and baskets. But they're not the most aesthetically pleasing things. They scream Ikea. And they uh, don't hold everything, like larger toys. And, you know, sometimes larger games or big books stick out from the front and it looks sloppy. What you have here is you basically have a storage locker. You have two of those calyxes and then the whole rest of the room is open. And I can see on one end it becomes a dining area and then I can see a couch. Maybe it's the family room on the other end. So if that's the case, maybe you want this to be a less 
loungy zone. Maybe you want sort of that formal moment when people walk in. Maybe it, we don't need a TV. But like I said, when you're creating a layout on your own, first you list all the different zones that you're going to need, all the different functions that you want the room to do. And then you prioritize those functions. Okay, seating is most important to us. Let's try every possible placement for the seating. Okay, now the next thing that's most important to us is toy and book storage. Let's try every possible placement for that. Okay, now the next most important function is my desk for my home office. Let me try all the remaining places that it could go now that I know where the storage is going and now I know where the seating is going. So basically, you know, if I had to rename my process from the master layout system, I may have very well called it the um, process of elimination system because I'm basically trying every possible option, eliminating the ones that don't work, and then really scrutinizing the two or three that do work. So I want you to do your same due diligence so that when you finally do buy furniture for this empty room, you know you've got it in the right place. So Megan, I hope that helped. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. This next question comes from Marissa. Marissa writes, Hi Betsy, you've been a continued source of connection, positivity, and inspiration during this virus. Thank you. I have a fairly straightforward question. Would you hang curtains in my guest room? On one wall there are two windows, one on each of the walls. But then there's a third smaller window on the adjacent wall. So that means that the corner of the room has two windows of different sizes. What would you recommend in terms of hanging curtains? Would you hang curtains on all three windows? Would you ignore the smaller window? Thanks for your help. All right, Marissa. So yes, I can see that your windows are different sizes. So for the most part, they start at the same height in terms of what I can tell with my eyeballs, but they end at different places. So the bottom of the window is the same on one wall and on the other wall, it is a shorter window that ends 
at a higher point. Um, so yes, what I'm going to recommend is that you definitely need drapes in here because the room is pretty bland otherwise. It doesn't have decorative molding. It doesn't have a strong wall color. It doesn't have colorful blinds or anything that makes a statement. So I really feel like this room could benefit from a splash of color pattern and texture with the window treatments. That being said, the windows are quite narrow and there's not a lot of space on the side of that smaller window to put the curtain rod far outside the window frame. You know I like to put the rod to mount the bracket at least four to six inches outside the window frame because it enlarges your window and doesn't encroach so much on the natural light that you're getting. But in the case of this smaller window, you just don't have that option. It's about two to three inches off of the corner. So I would dress this with a curtain I would make sure that it's translucent if you don't need opacity or total blackout in this room for sleep. And so I would do two translucent window panels on that smaller window. And then for the two larger windows, again, they're quite close to the corners too. So I would hang them the same amount out in terms of where you're placing that bracket. And then what you're going to do is you're going to measure from the top of the window frame all the way to the floor. And that is the ideal length of drape at the very minimum. Now perhaps it doesn't line up with the standard sizes of drape, which are 84, 96, 108, 120. If it doesn't line up perfectly with one of those numbers, which it almost never does, then you're going to buy a drape that's longer. So let's say from the top of this window frame to the floor, it is 87 inches. Well, you'll go ahead and buy those 96 inch panels. You'll hang them at my favorite height above a window, which is three to six inches above the window, four to six inches for the bracket outside the window on each side. But in your case, you're only going to do two inches, maybe even one because it's so tight in the corner of one of those windows. And then you will measure when it hits the floor and that's how high you will get them hemmed. So you'll take it to your local dry cleaner or local tailor and tell them how long you want that drape. And then you'll go ahead and mount all six panels because yes, you have three windows, so that's two panels per window. Marissa, I hope that helped. The rest of your room is looking lovely. I do think a splash of color with these drapes is going to help with your off-white walls, your beige carpeting, and I love this strong paisley duvet being the inspiration piece for the room. It has teals, it has russet oranges, it has a deep navy, it has a light blue, and I do think maybe a translucent navy drape with a pattern could be very appealing in this space. All right, let me get to my next question. Digging in the mailbag here. My next question is from Julie. Julie writes, Betsy, I just have a quick question. I heard you say on your podcast not to use wreaths with silk flowers on your front door. Do you have suggestions for an alternative? A bare door seems very uninviting to me. Thank you, Julie. Yes, you know I hate, hate, hate faux flowers. I hate silk flowers. I hate fake plants. I hate fake wall coverings like it's supposed to look like brick or something like that. I hate fake shiplap on your walls if it's just a removable wallpaper. 
I don't like fake anything. But a great way to, to create a welcoming wreath that still has natural elements is from dried nature. There's so many great dried natural elements that will look amazing in a wreath. Dried artichokes, dried pomegranates, leaves, dried flowers. And you can still make it seasonal with the colors and you know, swap out the different wreaths depending on the season. Um, there's lots of interesting ways to go that do not include silk flowers. And I know you're going to figure that out, Julie. All right, let's get to my next question, which comes from Jessica. Jessica writes, Hi, Betsy. I absolutely adore your podcast. I have been listening nonstop since I discovered it. Thank you for this valuable information. That said, I need help in choosing a dining table. I recently redid my kitchen, and now it has a breakfast bar peninsula with a view into the dining room. I currently have a round glass table with four chairs and a black metal base on each chair with a round crystal chandelier. That chandelier is staying. The problem is I really want a rectangular 60-inch wood table. Then I want it with two matching long benches on either side and two upholstered chairs at the head and the foot. I love the functionality of a rectangular table over the square, and benches are so easy to clean and get in and out of for my four-year-old daughter and her friends. It also will accommodate more people and be more comfortable than a round table. Our house is a 1950s brick ranch. My style is transitional and I love clean lines. The neutrals throughout the house are gray and white and the floors are hardwood. I like blue, teal, pink as accent colors. The dimensions of the room are 12 feet from the kitchen to the window and 11 feet in the other direction. I would like the long part of the table to run parallel to the breakfast bar. In other words, the long part of the table would be parallel to the 11 foot direction, if that makes sense. The table I want is from Wayfair. It has backless benches, just like I mentioned above. Question, do you think this table bench chair configuration will work in my space, or do I need to stick to a square around? If it works, can I do the table without a rug? I really want to avoid a rug in the dining room. I was thinking that upholstered chairs could provide that contrast that's needed, so we don't have to have so much wood on wood on wood. Will the round chandelier work with this new table? And finally, I am open to any and all suggestions that you have on this room. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I look forward to hearing from you. And I'm not sure how this works, but I definitely want to go premium. Cheers and hope you are staying sane and healthy, Jessica. All right, well, I'm not staying sane or healthy, Jessica, but I can easily tell you how you can go to premium. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com backslash podcast, and right there, there's a button at the top that says become a premium member. It is chock full of value because the archive is the place where I share things that I can't really share on such a broad scope with my massive audience on the regular podcast. It's a more intimate setting where I can take a deep dive into specific projects, talk about specific clients anonymously, of course, but I talk about my emotions as I'm working through my packages with them. So it's definitely a different peek into my world. All right, let's take a peek into your world. I'm surfing these pictures right now, and I'm loving what you did with the kitchen. You have shaker front cabinets that are gray. You've got a crisp white countertop that looks fabulous, stainless steel appliances. And yes, the kitchen is open to this dining room. 
Now, as you know, your dining room is roughly a square. 12 by 11 is almost exactly a square. Now, what you're trying to do is make the 11-foot part the longer part of the room and make the 12-foot part the shallower part of the room. One way that we can do this, that we can change the footprint of the space, is by adding other furniture pieces. For instance, if you add a deep buffet to that side of that 12 foot length side well a deep buffet is going to be 18 inches so now instead of 12 feet it's 10 and a half feet and now the 11 foot is actually longer one concern i have when we're playing with the footprint of a space when we're making our own decisions and adapting the space by putting furniture to sort of bring the space in, make it smaller or change its shape, is that you've got this light fixture, right? And it's centered most likely in the room. So when you make the table off center from the room, when you add that buffet and scoot that table over to take advantage of that 11 foot space, what you're doing is you are changing the center of the room as well, which means you'll have to get an electrician to move that electrical box. Is that worth it for you? Is it something that you want to do? You know, I might be recommending in this space just because I really love a circular table. It's so fun, especially for a family of three or four, to be sitting in that way where everyone can see each other, where nobody's far from the other person. I have a family of four and we have a 72 inch long table and we all kind of sit on one end of the table because it's such a big table that to sit at the head and the foot and have two people in the middle, it would be very hard to talk to the person at the other end. So we wind up all sitting at this one end and it does feel a little bit awkward. Um, it is the best fit for our dining room, so I really don't want to remove the leaves to make it smaller, but I just want to warn you of that and tell you why I do love a circular table. Now, you could find a circular table with extension leaves. That's easy enough to do because this space really calls for a circular table since it is square. One concern that I have, and I see this all the time, in fact, I just went to a client in the Bronx the other day, and we were designing her bedroom and her daughter's bedroom, but I said, I'm sorry, I have got to move this table orientation. And we just moved the table 45 degrees so that now the chairs, instead of you know hitting the walls, take advantage of the diagonal, because the longest line in any room is the diagonal. You'll have more room to push out your chair. Right now, you've got your chairs straight, you know, basically parallel to that long wall. And by twisting it a little bit so the chairs are facing the corners of the room, you'll find it's a much more dynamic and comfortable flow. Uh, I see why you don't want a rug in here, and I'm open to that because you do have counter stools at that peninsula. Right now, instead of the buffet that I spoke about, you have a keyboard and a bench to play music at the keyboard. So there really isn't a great spot to put a rug because all these things need to be placed in such a way that when you push out the piano bench, when you push out the bar stools, you're not going to hit or bubble up the rug. So in this particular situation, I'm really glad that you don't want a rug, but you're exactly right. We want to be thinking about a head and foot chairs maybe offering a pop of color. You have that very long 12-foot wall that only has a very small 3-foot by 3-foot square painting on it. I think you could do a lot more with that wall to make the room feel much more grand. 
Additionally, I really like your chandelier and I'm glad that you do too, but it's really high. So from the top of your table to the bottom of your chandelier, it should be 30 to 34 inches. Sometimes I even go as low as 29. So perhaps if you choose to move that canopy or that piece that touches the ceiling that has the light box inside, if you choose to move that to center it on the new rectangular table that's no longer centered in the room, well then perhaps your electrician can also add a little bit more cord to this fixture so that it hangs a little bit lower. All right. Well, I'm super happy to help you, Jessica. And thanks for listening. Guys, it's been great to be back on the airwaves with you. And thank you to BlindChalet.com for all their support. Um, guess what? I'm going to be back next week with another episode. Gosh darn it. All right. Thank you all. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. asked for it and we have answered the call. For years you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.